This could be fun, right? Little adventure, spontaneous, excitement. Welcome to Monroe Manor. I am Salim. Could you fit me up? You look stunning. Just wait till tonight. Te invoco, O Satana, Rey del Convito. What have I done? Beauty. Or Satana. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of Fresh Cuts. This is Mike, and joining me, as always, it's Mr. Venom. How are you, Venom? Greetings and salutations, spirits. Of, uh, I don't know, I don't even have anything good for this episode. I, I, I hate this movie so much, I have no good greetings. So let's just say, uh, greetings and salutations, fans of shit. <laughs> How the <laughs> hell are you doing, Mike? I'm all right. <laughs> hey, they're out there, so maybe oh, they're here. Hey, and there's lots of shit that I like, too, but uh, apparently this particular shit doesn't have the right scent for me. So, sorry. It's a little off-brand on your usual you shit. <laughs> Okay, uh, joining us as always as well, it's Donna Nelly. What's up, Don? How are you? Yeah, doing good. It's always great to be here. All right. Well, uh, I guess there's no reason to waste any more time. We had to go with a VOD pick um, again. So, you know, kind of just yeah, one of those things like we're kind of looking through like available that, stuff. Um, actually- yeah, I'd just like to take the moment to apologize for this, because I think this was one that I brought up, and uh, for lack of a better choice, we kind of went with it, so my apologies. Yeah, honestly, I was mildly interested in seeing it, too, um, when I read the synopsis, when you guys were pitching it. I'm like, well, the synopsis sounds mildly interesting. So, and, and, yeah, I, I think it's on all of us. <laughs> I really didn't push back on like either, I was the one that kind of brought it up, so. Sure, sure. Yeah, I didn't push back at all because I had actually kind of seen it there for like a couple of weeks and the synopsis looked mildly interesting. So when you when you mentioned, I was like, well, unless anything, I, that's kind of been the weird thing about the about VOD this year. Not not every VOD we do, but man, I, I've kind of been seeing a lack of those VOD releases that just come out of nowhere and just like totally impress you. Like, I feel like there hasn't been that many this year very few very few vod diamond in the roughs this year yeah but uh what the hell could we be talking about this it's a movie called the overnight and the synopsis i will take off imdb after a romantic weekend gets sidetracked a young couple find themselves at an outdated hotel caught up in murderous death loops and as bait for a demon all right. Well, better bait 
for a demon than bait for uh, this movie, I guess. So, uh, Venom. (laughs) I hope... hope, uh, I'm going to try to be as absolutely generous as I can. Um, You guys know, anybody who's listened to me long enough knows I hate shitting on people's art. It's, It's just not something that I enjoy doing. I'm not a troll. I don't like shitting on people. You know, when they went through the effort to actually make a feature length film, you know, I'll always give filmmakers their respect, but um, my friends, the overnight, I, I mean, what, the easiest thing I can say about this movie is that it's the worst shining ripoff I have ever seen in my life. You can't go more than 10 to 15 minutes in this movie without another shining reference in this movie. Here's a few examples. Um, there is a caretaker who murders his own uh, two children. Hmm, sound familiar? Uh, there is a chef who is killed with a cleaver, which, you know, to an extent is a mini axe. Sound familiar? There are, they even rip off whole fucking lines from The Shining. The line in this movie is, come and play with us forever. Does that sound familiar, folks? Yeah. Can you can you hear the piss and vinegar in my voice? Because this fucking movie pissed me off. Um, the, for those who don't know, The Shining is like my second favorite movie of all time, um, next to only The Exorcist, which, you know, is just my shining light when it comes to horror films. So when I watch a movie like this, that's not even trying to hide it. The, the rip, I mean, the name of the movie is The Overnight. <laughs> the Overlook, anyone? I mean, yeah, Haunted Hotel, or maybe not Haunted Hotel, but there's something wrong with this hotel, if you will. Um... I mean, where where do we start with this shit? I mean, the acting is atrocious. The dialogue is terrible. Um, it sh- it looks like it's shot on the cheapest digital camera ever. Uh, it it almost looks shot on video, like the old '80s and '90s shot on video style. But it is still digital DV camera, I guess. Um, man, folks, I, I, I there's like nothing about this movie I like. There's just about no on-screen kills. Um, very little gore or blood. Uh, I, I just described a chef being killed with a meat cleaver. Sounds juicy, doesn't it? Nope, not at all. Um, just the, the characterization, the, the end of the movie, the actual finale of the film is such shit that I, I literally, this, this is the type of movie that makes you not want to be a podcaster, folks. And, you know, I don't want to disparage anybody involved with this production. I'm sure people bled, sweat, and cried for this film, and that's awesome. But when it comes to me, I found nothing, and I mean absolutely nothing to enjoy about this film. I guess about the only thing that some pervs might get into is just that our main star is actually fairly attractive. She's a pretty good-looking lady. I believe her name is Brittany Clark. Um, but I mean, otherwise this movie is just terrible. It's so cliche. I mean, once you realize that it's a shining ripoff, you can't avoid the references. Suddenly you're seeing all. So there's probably some at the very beginning of the movie that I probably missed before I realized what I was watching. And when I realized what I was watching was right when Salim, the hotel clerk, uh, introduced himself. Literally, he was so cryptic and dumb in that scene that it pretty much gives away that there's something wrong with this hotel. And then the movie just kind of goes on from there. But yeah, folks, uh, I'm, I'm just going to cut this off here because I don't want to spend, you know, 20 minutes just shitting on a movie. But ultimately, The Overnight is nothing that I'll ever watch again. There's very little redeeming quality to it. I did not like the score. In fact, I hate this score. 
I don't know the music in here. Mike had made a joke off uh, air where he compared the music in the opening to um, the band from Hellbender because I did make the comment that the first song in Hellbender I hated, but admittedly with the band in Hellbender and they were actually called Hellbender. I should shut up. Um, they actually got better. Like the music got better in this movie. It just felt like it got worse and worse and worse. Not that there's a live band in this movie at all. It's just score soundtrack played over the film, but it's just so bad. And like I said, the ending, the ending of this movie is the cherry on top of our shit Sunday. That, that the fucking ending was so like, I think they, I, I think the filmmakers thought they were being clever and they probably had a sly grin on their fight uh, on their face as they're filming the ending. But yeah, th this is just garbage. So I'm sorry, folks, nothing really redeeming about this film. And, you know, I hate talking negatively this negatively about a film, but Ultimately, I'm trying to find the positive, and I can't find any. So that's it for me, Mike. Okay, I'll pass it on over to Don for his general thoughts on The Overnight. Well, um, I can say that I did like it a tad bit more than Venom because I did find a few um, positives. Um, I, I, I did find the, the look of the place kind of creepy um, in terms of, you know, the general layout of the building and, you know, all of the, you know, ghostly activity that goes on. But, um, yeah, uh, there's uh, not much else. I mean, uh, the cliches in this thing are just absolutely horrendous and just so obvious that it's barely worth your time to even go through the list of stuff in here. Um, almost as much, uh, um, you know, a list, uh, you know, this would all, um, the exact same kind of a style would be just how incredibly just chaotic and jarring the plot line is because nothing in here makes sense. Nothing is ever explained. You know, I mean, even before you realize just how bad the whole thing is made, it just, you know, the story is just absolutely chaotic and rambled and I have no idea what the hell is going on. Everything just seems to be done in, at the spur of the moment with like no sense of cohesion for what it's supposed to all mean. What, you know, who's on, who's in league with what, who's doing what that, you know, the time loops make no sense. None of the, you know, ghosts in here are really all that threatening for something that was actually, it could have been pitched with the plot line of triangle meets the shining. This thing is in nowhere comparable to either one. And it could have been a good idea because I think that kind of idea could have been a lot of fun. But, yeah, uh, I, I, I don't have much else to add. I mean, that's kind of uh, my general thing here is uh, stay away from this thing. Yeah, I actually will give uh, one point to Don because I did actually enjoy the set design. I thought this building was really cool. I actually looked it up and it actually is a hundred year old building in the town that they shot, which I don't actually know. There's no shooting location here on IMDb, but um, there, I did find some trivia that the, that the, um, the place actually is a real place and it actually legitimately did serve as the city hall for 50 years before it became a hotel. So there's a little bit of truth to the storytelling here. Very, very little, but I did want to agree with Don on that one point. I do like the building itself. Um, the set design I thought was pretty cool, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, keep speaking on with that, I'll cap on, uh, follow up on something that uh, you found out that I, something that I found out was uh, this was actually shot in 2017 and it's just now getting released. 
let that speak volumes for how bad this movie is. It took five years for them to finally decide that this was worth unleashing upon the public. <laughs> yeah, the same cabin in the woods, folks, where it sat on the shelf because of uh, licensing and marketing reasons. No, no, this probably sat on the shelf because no one wanted to release it. Because honestly, I don't know who the market for this movie is. I think the market for this movie is any young horror fan that's never seen The Shining. That's it. They're, that's mm-hmm. about the only people that are going to enjoy this movie. Imagine a independent micro-budget movie that gets made, hits the festivals, makes such an awesome impression that it takes forever to be released because multiple studios and distribution companies are fighting over it to get the rights. This is the exact opposite of that, is what we're trying to say. Yeah, this toiled around probably because there was just lack of interest. Uh, you know, it, being lower budget, it's it's hard to knock everything about it too much, but it's just kind of dull. It, it's it's very much very blatant about some of the aspects it's borrowing. I I, I think you know if you're gonna make a pretty straightforward like ghost, I guess haunted hotel sort of movie, um, just keep the story coherent because I there was times when I'm like, why is this movie trying to do so many things when they're just the writing's not there to keep things focused. I, I, I think there's there's certain obvious things you get through the movie. Like, you know, like I said, it's a, it's a hotel. There's ghosts of some sort. But then it, it just starts doing like it seems like it does like weird time jumps or loops where you just chunks of the movie. You're, I'm like, wait a minute. Didn't something just happen that? means that what i'm seeing now shouldn't even be happening or possible or what's going on um (laughs) yeah and in the end like i I just feel like none of it pays off because what what we end up getting in the third act and kind of the conclusion it goes back to just being like a right like run-of-the-mill you know outcome so it's like why did you send us through all the all this weird incoherent stuff to get here when it's it's it just ends up being like a standard uh, ghost story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not not the greatest. Not I mean that's even giving it too much credit by saying not the greatest. It's just not good. It's it's definitely one that that's skippable. Uh, things I did think were decent. I I thought some of like the uh, I guess it's like ghost demons or whatever or I guess aggressive. Uh, I don't even know <laughs> what you would refer to them to. Because I think yeah demons. I thought like. Some of their makeup was cool. I mean, obviously, it kind of varied because uh, some of the characters had contacts, and that was pretty much, like, the extent of their makeup, where a couple, like, the girl um, in the dress, she kind of had a little more makeup done to her. I thought she looked cool, but it was almost like she was modeled after what's-her-name from Night of the Demons, (laughs) quickly, (laughs) um, in a way. Yeah, very much. Yeah, um, and like Venom said, like it, it felt like not only was the premise sort of The Shining, but there was like even dialogue that it, it felt like, hey, this is movies we really like, but we know we can't write that exact line out. So what's the bare minimum we can change things? So <laughs> eliminate the names. <laughs> Although, would it even be worth suing them because they probably <laughs> wouldn't even have an oh, no, offer? No. Yeah, you never want to <laughs> so, sue. You never, ever want to sue a production like this because it's going to bring notoriety to the production. 
So the best thing to do is just let it die. It's painful death that it's going to die because it's obviously going to happen. So, yeah, I think most big companies would just leave it alone. They'd be like, yeah, whatever. It's not like anybody's going to be, you know, reviewing this movie and saying it's the next Shining. No, no, they're not. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I've noticed uh, with our episodes on YouTube, some a lot of times when we cover like the more obscure VOD stuff, those ones get the lower views. So, I will not be offended if this episode ends up getting like one of the lower view counts. Um, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, yeah. hey, if people just want to hear our take on this, that'd be great. But um, I don't expect many people to have seen it when we release the episode anyway, so I can't really blame people for it. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just mediocre, and there's just other Mediocre? Wow, you're being there. generous. Well... I guess at its best, it's mediocre. At its at best, best points, it's mediocre. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I'm trying to think. Was there... I mean, like Don said, like I, I thought um, there was one gag, I guess you could call it, where they were doing sort of like the whole idea that like, you know, in a place that's haunted from like trauma to the people when they were alive, I guess they're kind of almost stuck in their ghost loop. Um, that there's that there's that scene with the guy like the desk worker where he keeps repeating and I thought that was like kind of effectively done, but like I said, it's it's like a something we've seen many times before, and it's I don't know, it just felt like it it really had no purpose in yeah, this movie. No but, mystery whatsoever. Yeah. Like I said, the movie tipped its hat way too early. Um, they didn't keep the mystery or the intrigue going at all. And once you understand what's happening, the movie just goes downhill from there. So, so that. Yeah, but as far as general thought, that's, I mean, the biggest general thought of all is just skip it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would, I would not recommend this to anyone. Even if I knew a 15-year-old horror fan who's never seen The Shining, I would just suggest The Shining. <laughs> I mean, why would I waste, make them waste an hour and a half of their life that they'll never get back? Oh, man, this goddamn movie. All right, so I guess if we're done with general thoughts, this is going to be the quickest walkthrough ever. Um, <laughs> our movie opens up with a Southern California Valley boy trying to summon a demon. And if you think I'm fucking exaggerating, watch the scene. It's literally, I, su I summon Satan, okay? Um, I summon this demon to come and do my bidding. I mean, fucking, oh! It was a combination of, like, Tommy Wiseau and a kid from Reseda. Uh, it just, oh, it was so awful. I mean, instantly from the cold open, you know this movie's going to just suck complete ass because that cold open was stupid. We see this valley kid uh, um, summoning a demon. We see black sludge start coming out of one of the vents in the ceiling, and then we go to the credits. So that's your cold open. Uh, uh, a valley kid trying to summon a demon, and black goo comes out. Then we're introduced to, uh, who are we introduced to? David and Jesse. They are our um, couple. They are together. They are engaged or about to become engaged, potentially. Um, and uh, basically, they're traveling. They're traveling on like a romantic weekend, going to multiple destinations. They're on their way. At this point on their trip, they're on their way to David's house for Jesse to meet David's family. 
But on the way, um, they end up getting a flat tire, which I'm not even going to go into the discount Zach Galifianakis that they meet at the antique shop because I really don't give a shit. So uh, basically, they figure out that the discount Zach Galifianakis creeper that Jesse had met in in the antique shop somehow was responsible for for getting them a flat tire. Um, Once they realize their tire is flat, uh, they decide, well, we got to, you know, we're we're not going to sit here. We don't have phone service, of course, horror trope number 1347. No, no cell service. And then um, they end up driving into this small town, uh, you know, a town that neither of them recognize, but they do find a hotel, a very old hotel, um, you know, I guess the building's been a hotel for about 50 years. And for 50 years before that, it was the the town hall of this particular city. And um, our couple, our young couple decide to stay at the hotel for a night until, uh, because they're not going to be able to get their tire fixed that evening. They're going to have to get it taken care of in the morning. All right, let's see. They meet Salim. Salim, who is a male, um, I believe it's a Middle Eastern name. Uh, Salim is um, basically the hotel caretaker. He greets them at the front and he starts basically talking to them about the history of the hotel and things like that. And at one point he basically tells, and and this whole conversation is so cryptic. Like everything that Salim is saying is like double entendre and it's just, it's just fucking awful. Um, At one point he says, uh, or, or at one point, David tries to pay for the room. Do you need a credit card or a deposit or something? And Salim is like, no, no, we do things the old-fashioned way here. I just need your signature. And he has this fucking demented look on his face, literally as he says it. After David signs the register, Salim looks at him and says, ah, the deal is done. Let us carry on. Yeah, that, I mean, that didn't seem suspicious at all. No, not <laughs> suspicious, my fucking ass. He might as well have worn a T-shirt that says this hotel is haunted. I, for fuck's yeah. sake, I mean, yeah. Heavy-handed is not even the proper word. There, there's, there needs to be a heavier word than heavy-handed because that's what this movie was. Um, as I said, uh, David and Jesse end up getting a room. They go to their room. They have a little fun, blah, 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 as, as young couples do. And what we see is, um, for the next, like, 15, 20 minutes of the film, what we see is Salim. Um, and he's wearing a kind of like an old uh, one of those old uh, calculator watches, the old plastic watches with the loud alarm on them, the beeping alarm. Um, and the, we hear the beeps throughout the entire movie. And early on, we're not 100 percent sure why, because every time the, the alarm goes off on his watch, he looks at it and he makes a reaction like he has to go do something. But we don't find out right away until a little bit farther in the movie when we start to realize that Salim is actually preparing like scenarios for these guests, quote unquote, guests in this hotel. At one point, we see him bring a rope to an author's room, a guy who uh, is sitting there writing a book or or an article or whatever it is he's writing. And um, he's got writer's block. So while he leaves the room to go get coffee, we see Salim sneak into the room and leave uh, a rope in uh, in the dresser of this particular person. Remember that rope. We'll get back to that later. Um, well, basically, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> now remember it. Let's just get through this. Uh, basically what's going on is all the quote unquote guests in this hotel are people that have died in this hotel and whose spirits are now kind of stuck here. Uh, remember when I talked about Salim's two children that he murdered and their spirits now live in the house. Yeah. 
that. You know, we end up seeing a scene like that. We end up seeing a scene with a young girl and what looks like a guy that's keeping her drugged. Um, we're not 100% sure. Betancourt is the name of the character. He doesn't have any lines in the movie, but what we see is we see him with multiple syringes. And he's handed uh, by Salim. He's handed multiple syringes that are filled with uh, or no, they're not filled. He has a vial of something with him and um, an envelope of money. And then throughout the film, they talk about how Betancourt should be fine keeping Emma under control. And that's kind of all we see. Um, Later on in the film, we find out that Emma is actually the hotel owner's daughter. The hotel owner is named. I don't know if he's the owner, but like the manager. Uh, you know, caretaker. Um, his name is Eugene. Just your standard, you know, heavy set white guy. Um, but as we find out later on, um, he was actually murdered. Him and his wife were actually killed by his daughter, Emma. And what we come to find out is that Emma is actually possessed by a demon, hence why she killed her parents after an argument one day. Um, it was prom night. Uh, she was wearing a, a very risque looking dress. Her father said, no, you're not going out. And um, she basically snaps and just fucking kills both her uh, mother and father with a knife, which sounds like it would be a juicy scene. But no, basically it happens off screen. So don't get your hopes up. So then we find out that it's Emma who's actually possessed by a demon. And I guess what's happening, I guess what the big reveal of this movie is, is that the spirits of the people that are stuck in the hotel are actually being tasked with keeping Emma inside the hotel because Emma's not dead. Emma's still a person who is possessed by a demon, whereas everybody else in this hotel is an actual spirit, someone who, you know, was killed or, you know, whatever in the hotel, somehow died in the hotel. Um, obviously, shit hits the fan. At one point, Emma gets the upper hand on, um, what's his name, Betancourt. She ends up stabbing him in the eyeball with one of the syringes that he's been using to keep her sedated. And then she goes on her little bit of a rampage where and and it went, I use the word rampage very, very lightly and very, very incorrectly because it's not much of a rampage. Uh, she basically goes around, you know, um, she's not really out to kill necessarily. It looks like she's more out to, out to like freak people out. Like, you know, she speaks very cryptically, very, you know, subversive, but, you know, it doesn't really outwardly attack too often. Uh, we do end up seeing, like I said, Salim's boys. They're not twins, like in The Shining, so I'll, I'll give them that at least. But uh, they were still, you know, uh, one looked like he was 10 or 8, one looked like he was 12. At first, they kind of, it, the way that the scene was framed, it almost made it look like the boys killed each other. Like maybe the, the older brother killed the younger brother or something, because we, we see them having an argument. And then the next thing we know, they're both dead on the couch with multiple stab wounds, so... Um, Later on, we find out that it was Salim, uh, the father, who actually uh, took them out. And the big finale of our film is basically uh, David is um, confronted by Emma. And somehow he's able to get the upper hand on Emma. And Emma actually, um, it's weird, actually transfers. uh, This demon is kind of like a jumping demon that can go from body to body. They don't really take too much advantage of that in the film. We don't really see it change bodies until the very end of the movie, where during a confrontation with David, the, the demon, who is never named, I don't, I don't think we ever get the name of the demon. Uh, they just call it the demon all throughout the movie, basically jumps out of Emma's body and jumps into David, David's body. At this point, 
Uh, David and Jesse are reunited in the hotel after they've both gone through hell. David's been shot. Um, Jesse's been knocked out multiple times, uh, knocked out with um, both by getting hit on the head and by ether, I mean, or chloroform, whatever the fuck it was that they used to knock her out. So these two have obviously have had a very bad night, but they, they, they finally get back together after, you know, having been split up for the last 15, 20 minutes. And then David starts getting cryptic. David starts talking to Jesse about, oh, we should stay in this hotel forever. This hotel is great, blah, blah, blah. And then finally we see his eyes change to the yellow color, uh, you know, the yellow demonic eyes that we're kind of familiar with from many, many movies. Um, Emma has those uh, eyes throughout the entire film until the, the demon leaves her body and then jumps into David. At this point, like I said, it's uh, Jesse figures out that David's not being himself, that something's wrong. Uh, she tries to get out of the hotel, and, of course, David tries to stop her. They end up getting in an altercation where she actually she, – she shoots him, right? Or does she stab him? I forgot already. <laughs> she does uh, something to him. I think, yeah, I think she grabs a Selena's uh, gun. Fight. Oh, no, that's when she kills Eugene. I'm talking about David at this point. Oh, by the way, the steel pipe kill is so fucking fake, it actually annoyed me. I had to rewind it to oh, watch sorry, it. Oh, sorry, yeah, I wasn't, yeah I, I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, I think I remember now. Um, she shoots him. Yeah, because she gets the gun away from Salim. Salim, for some reason, has a gun. Um, somehow he is a spirit with a gun, but I guess he uses the gun to deal with, like, the living, I suppose, because he does end up shooting David. So basically the end of our film is Celine gets the gun. She shoots David multiple times. He drops dead. By the way, I didn't know you could shoot a demon and kill it, but apparently, well, maybe not kill it, but at least get it to leave the human body. Um, and then when she, when Jesse, you know, she feels bad that she killed her fiance, she bends down next to his body to give him a kiss and kind of say her goodbyes before she goes to call the police but then we, you know, we, we something happens where she kind of shudders a little bit and then she stands up and turns around and she's got that sly little smile on her face. And then we see the eyes turn yellow. And at that point, everyone in the hotel is pretty much gone. I mean, the spirits are probably still there walking around somewhere, but ultimately they don't really have too much power to do anything to the living. Um, so Jesse walks out of the hotel walks into or gets into discount Zach Galifianakis's car and then we see her eyes turn yellow and uh you know she smiles and she drives away and that's it that is the overnight my friends 2022 if it sounded like crap um believe me it really is and if it didn't sound like crap then I gave the movie way more justice than it deserved <laughs> That was actually a longer walkthrough than I was planning on doing. I was literally thinking about doing a five minute, just get the fuck through this and go. But yeah, there it is, folks. And I skipped a lot of the the Shining references. I actually wrote down a few of them. I've already talked about a couple. Um, but yeah, just so God, yeah, this. So movie. next, I mean, even, next year, are we gonna next wait, year are we gonna that? do the the sequel next year called Doctor Nap? No, <laughs> nope. <laughs> but I, I mean. Even even the fucking bar scene when David gets to the bar and Betancourt is already or should I say the spirit of Betancourt is already at the bar and he, he hands him a bottle of whiskey. I'm, I'm just like, what the fuck, guys? You're not even trying to hide what this movie is. 
And it's not even a loving ripoff. Like we've seen lots of ripoffs in the past or, you know, quote unquote ripoffs that we can still enjoy. You know, people talk about Piranha being a ripoff of Jaws, but I fucking love Piranha. I think Piranha is a great movie. Um, this is just I, I'm sorry. I, I apologize to the filmmakers if any of them are listening to me right now, but I just could not enjoy this movie in any way, shape or form. There, I, I literally other than the set design that Don and I mentioned, I can't think of any positives for this film. Well, yeah, I think there's a difference between following in like following the blueprint of like a great movie to kind of guide you along and just not knowing where to draw that line where you're just almost lifting dialogue and scenes and scenarios. And that's what this movie does and not well. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, the fact that they are not even trying to hide it, it's just that's infuriating to a fan of The Shining. It's one thing to do a loving homage because you're such a it literally doesn't feel like the guys who made this movie are even fans of The Shining. It almost feels like a parody at times. I would say that if if the movie were even remotely funny, but it's not in any way, shape or form. So, like I said, I just don't know what the intention of this film is, what the filmmakers were going for. You know what? What? I just don't know. I don't understand. I just feel like this movie was like a. You know, a 30-day, $100,000 waste of time, in my opinion. And I so rarely say that about films, too, guys. But, yeah, this this thing, I'd rather watch Maniac Farmer five more times than watch this movie ever again. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is probably, like, the second worst movie I've ever reviewed, so. <laughs> fun pretty close. Yeah, exactly. I, I've reviewed worse, I will say, just because... You know, this movie at least looks halfway decent. Like I said, the film stock or the, the digital stock doesn't necessarily look great. It looks like a TV movie, but at least it doesn't look like it was shot on a camcorder. You know, any movie that looks better than August Underground, I'll always give it credit because <laughs> at least it looks like a movie. Um, but that's about the only uh, resemblance of a movie that we have here is that it almost looks like a movie production. But goddamn. This is this is a glorified episode of Monsters, and I think even Monsters would reject this script. <laughs> oh, the movie? I thought you were talking about no, yesterday. The TV show. The TV show. The TV show. I'm sorry. That's what I'm saying. I thought you were thinking of the movie from yesterday. <laughs> yeah, we still got Monsters on the brain, folks. We reviewed it yesterday on Creature Comforts. But yeah, I'm talking about the, the TV series. Oh, uh, I, I was going to go with Twilight Zone or Tales from the Crypt, but those shows are way too good. For if the overnight was like a half hour short, I don't think that even they would air it. It would have to be something like Monsters or something that's maybe a little less regarded. <laughs> Freddy's Nightmares. <laughs> Friday the 13th. Hey, shut up. Bite your whore tongue. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I'm trying to guess of like crappy 80s uh, horror shows. And I don't oh, know. Too. It's valid. It's valid. I, I tend to defend Friday the 13th, the series. It's not a good show, but I really enjoyed it at the time. And, um, you know, I, I'm going to I'm going to start rewatching them now that they're all all 72 episodes are available on Tubi. So I'm actually going to start rewatching them to see if maybe I was just an idiot or if there's some kind of value to this show, because I always appreciated that it wasn't a movie tie in that Jason wasn't in it. Like there was a little bit of disappointment while watching the first episode. But once once the, the series started to kind of kick off and we were a couple of weeks in i was on board all the way i totally loved it the whole cursed um antiques thing and having to get them back yeah it totally worked for me 
I'd rather watch Friday the 13th, the series, than the overnight. Let's go with that. Yeah, and I I found the main characters to be pretty likable, too, which helped. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I was going to say, maybe I was thinking of, like, Poltergeist Legacy, but I've never seen that one, so I don't know. I've seen a couple episodes of that. I didn't like that either. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, uh, Mike, uh, I I will have to say this. once again, we get a couple that the guy doesn't like the fact that his girlfriend's a social media influencer and he takes digs at her the entire movie. You found them fun? No, 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 no. Uh, from Friday the 13th series that oh. Ben was talking about. Yeah, he's talking about the, the brother and sister from Friday the 13th. Yeah, yeah oh, not in this movie, no. No, there's <laughs> nothing redeeming about this movie. <laughs> yeah, All right, yeah. Mike, uh, get the hell out of here, please. Yeah, yeah, I'm screwing I, everything up here. I, I'm not interested, so. <laughs> <laughs> not you at all. Yeah, yeah we're I'm, not paying att- I'm not paying attention. I think it's time for us to leave. Yeah, that's valid. But yeah, like I said, this movie doesn't really demand your attention. That's kind of the problem. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Don was like, I don't know, reading a graphic novel or something while I'm sitting here talking about the stupid movie. But yeah, uh, in Don's defense, yeah, it's hard to. Hell, I found myself. Like I found my mind wandering as I was watching this movie, like literally. Oh, no, I'm I'm, uh, I'm I'm fact checking my review for IMDb for spelling errors. <laughs> <laughs> All right, come on, Mike, let's get out of here. All right, well, that's going to do it for our discussion on the overnight. Uh, I hope we made our uh, intentions clear <laughs> with what we thought about the movie. So, if you're listening to this show and you still end up watching it. You can't blame us for that. (laughs) Uh, And if anybody watches this movie and actually likes it, please hit us up on Facebook. I I don't want to start an argument or troll you or anything. I just want to know legitimately what somebody sees that's positive in this film. Like, like I, I am fully understanding of the fact that I could just be wrong, that I'm just, you know, I see this movie. I realize that it's a shining ripoff and instantly I just discount it. Maybe there's value to this movie that I didn't see. I don't think so. But like I said, if anybody out there actually liked this movie, please hit us up on Facebook or Twitter and explain to us why. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, yeah. it even gives it even gives a bad name to rip offs because I could say something like um, is beyond the door or whatever is a exorcist ripoff, but I still find some merit and fun aspects in a movie like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The Italian movie, the antichrist is like a direct ripoff of the exorcist. It even came out the year after the exorcist, a year or two maybe, but that one has some quality. There's value to that one. They tried to do some cool original stuff with the exorcism, even though it's very obviously an exorcist, you know, rip off because, you know, it came out so soon after there's still some charm to it, you know, whereas this movie to me just has zero charm. There's just nothing really to rave about, unfortunately. All right. Well, yeah, that's going to wrap that up. So Venom, why don't you let everyone know where they can find you? And if you have anything new out. All right. Um, Creature Comforts, No More Room in Hell presents Creature Comforts. Episode 10 was just recorded this past weekend. It should be available um, sometime during this coming weekend, um, the weekend after Father's Day. So on that episode, we looked at Gareth Edwards' 2010 film Monsters. And um, 
<laughs> we'll talk about why that title is a little bit of a misnomer for this movie on the episode. So check that out. Like I said, that'll be out later this week. That is Creature Comforts episode 10. Uh, the main show, No More Room in Hell, episode 46, I believe we're up to, is getting recorded this weekend. And um, shit. I, oh, right. The movies are going to be what? Cut and drive through. And these are both Derek's picks. And I have no idea why he picked them. So. We'll find out Sunday when we record. And then the last thing is the uh, my guest spot on the Dark Parade that I had been talking about over the last couple of weeks where we where Bo and I discuss my favorite universal horror classic, The Bride of Frankenstein, has finally been released. It is available on Legion Podcast, so um, go ahead and check that out. Once again, I always have a great time on the Dark Parade. Me and Bo really work well against each other trying to break these movies down in a more cerebral way than a lot of us tend to do. So yeah, check out that episode of the Dark Parade. I'm not sure what number the episode is, but it is the Bride of Frankenstein episode and it is the latest episode. And that's pretty much it for me, Mike. All right, how about you, Don? Yeah, um, as mentioned, No More Room and Hell presents Creature Comforts. Uh, look for that one out there. Um, I decided to take a, a week off of a horror countdown to do a uh, uh, well, it's an annual tradition of mine, but um, every Father's Day I do um, an article highlighting five uh, father-son or, in some cases, uh, father-daughter director duos uh, in the genre. Um, I've been doing it ever since I launched the blog as kind of a fun little thing um, that I do every year. So um, I did that uh, over the weekend. Um, the I looked at a couple of uh, directors um, because I've been doing it for so long. Um, I haven't. It, it, you may not have uh, heard of them, but uh, I went with um, Roberto Bianchi and uh, Mario Bianchi. Um, they're uh, uh, father and son uh, director duos from Italy. Uh, Kenji and Kenta Fukasaku from uh, Japan. Um, let's see who else? Um, uh, drawing a blank here. I, I just posted a message and I can't remember who they were. Um, Oh, uh, Luis and uh, Jean-Louis Bunel uh, from France. And, uh, oh, Mark and Anthony Polonia. Um, trying to remember who the, the fifth one is, but I can't remember. But, uh, yeah, um, it's uh, available on uh, my blog. It's uh, dawnshorrorworld.blogspot.com. I I also have links for all of the uh, other articles I've written about that uh, topic in the past in the article itself, so it's uh, pretty easy to find. Uh, should have a new episode out next week. Uh, we'll be back on a uh, regular schedule. I just wanted to give the uh, promotion to the article that I do every year, so uh, it's kind of why I skipped this week, but uh, looking forward to uh, getting a new episode out uh, next time. Nice. Sweet. Um, as far as I go, uh, nothing much other than the shows that you're all familiar with. I There's a couple things working on in the, in the background, so maybe sooner than later we'll be seeing some new stuff. But uh, I'll just keep it at the main stuff for now. And as far as Fresh Cuts goes that you're listening to, the next episode, uh, unless, you know, anything knocks us off of it, it's going to be the Black Fun. Yeah, Black Phone's yep. coming Friday. Yeah, so that's going to be it, unless for some reason it's not 
possible, but I doubt it. I mean, we pretty much no, get they, to the they couldn't postpone it to. at this point. Yeah, four days before release, no way they would postpone it. So yeah, it'll be out for yeah because they've already they've already done like advanced screenings and stuff. So exactly, yeah. Yeah, Ethan Hawke is in that. I can't remember who, if anyone else of note, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I, I saw the trailer way back when it was supposed to come out, I think in January or February. Mm-hmm. Haven't heard much of it since, except when they finally announced the new release date. So we'll see. Still waiting on when the hell uh, Orphan is getting its new, or the or- Orphan prequel is getting it. <laughs> that just disappeared off the I wonder planet. if they just canceled know. it. That's uh, so weird. Like, I mean, I thought it was I ready. Mean, I thought it was like done and about to come out, but yeah, it never that, was came my, out. that was my implication. I thought it was almost as you know, like trailer ready in terms of like it's getting a release. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it had like an actual date where they're like, "Oh, this is when it's coming out." And the thing is, like, at least see when Black Phone got pushed back, there was actual stories like, "Oh, it got pushed back." So it's like, okay, when Orphan got pushed back, it just kind of didn't come out when it was supposed to come out, and there was like really nothing. You couldn't just like Google it because there was no articles about. Oh, hey, they decided to like move it somewhere. So that was just weird. I, I don't know, but you know, oh, not much information to go by, unfortunately. But I guess we'll just have to see if it gets it, maybe it'll get dropped to netflix or some vod who knows uh, we'll just watch one of the Anyways. other 300 which is coming out yeah so yeah next episode black phone and with that uh, that's gonna do it for this episode if you've hung around for the overnight discussion uh, uh-huh. uh, we appreciate you even more so absolutely thank you everybody for listening let's say bye to the listeners Later. Uh, I don't even know what to say. Don't watch this movie, folks, please. Just don't watch it. <laughs> Peace.